You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Why, hello, and welcome to issue 556 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. Whoa, I am one of your other hosts, Beanerita. And I'm your other other host, Cable Hoshtani. What's up, everybody? Hey there. Just admiring Hi. this glorious hat. Thank what, you. What episode did you say we were? 567? 566. That's what you I s- meant. You said six. I thought you said 56. What? Oh. That's fine. You said five six seven, right? No, it's five six six. Oh crap! Well, the YouTube's going to be wrong. I'll fix it. Better. But you said, but you said five five six six. I've heard five six five five six. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. You know it's what? Totally it's fun. a new issue. That's all that matters. It is. The world is still garbage, so we're going to have some fun. We're here! Woohoo! What's everybody doing? <laughs> Got a new light, and now I'm not all orange anymore. Yay! Yay! I got pumpkin spice cider. Ooh! Yeah. It looks like a can of Four Loco, though. No, it is much better than Four Loco. They seasonal, are using... seasonal Four Loco. They're... Oh, man. You would absolutely do it. You I would absolutely would. try a season. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done that. Is it because pumpkin spice people don't live the loco life? They really uh, don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I would be interested to see a Venn diagram between like the four loco crowd, the uh, the pumpkin spice people, <laughs> and oh, I had a third one and now I've lost it. There was there was a third thing. Totally. Uh, I, what was the third? I feel like that that you get a bigger overlap on a Venn diagram of. Pumpkin spice lovers and white claw drinkers. That was it, white claw. Oh. Uh, I was. Gonna, I thought you were going to say like pumpkin spice lovers and uh, people who have uh, eat pray love somewhere in their house. How dare you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Live laugh love. That's the one. Either that's one. That's also is. awful. Yep. <laughs> and I know you're offended, Aaron, but keep in mind that pumpkin really? spice is primarily a white girl phenomenon 
Yeah, I know, but it, whatever. But I also like the pumpkin flavor. I don't need it to be the spice. It, if it yeah. makes you feel better. Just when plain I, pumpkin flavor? I could not find monster cereals yesterday. I consoled myself with a box of pumpkin spice Pop-Tarts. Fantastic. Um, I'm not going to lie. My, um, my dish soap right now is like pumpkin spice scented. I, I just I went for it. The only reason why I can't do it is because then when I wash dishes or whatever, I'm just doing this all night. I'm just smelling my hands, and eventually it just gets weird. Wash your hands better. Rinse better. Yeah, but the whole point of the soap is it kind of gets on you, right? No, no, this is the dish soap. Oh. Which doesn't leave a lingering scent. Well, it shouldn't leave a lingering scent on anything. You just smell it while you're working. Okay. Mmm. I already kind of like washing dishes, too. Now make it a feast for your nasal passages. I know. Are you washing dishes again? No. (laughs) It'll be like your grandma with painting the kitchen. Oh, my God. Like, here, let me take that plate. Are you going to take it in the kitchen and wash it? My abuela is damn near 90 years old. And just like last week, she was complaining that she's not able to do as much vacuuming or painting or dusting or taking care of the yard as she'd like. She's, she's annoyed she's not being able to do as much housework. And we're like, you're 90. You're almost 90. Maybe, like, take up crochet or something. No, that's... Are you kidding? I think she actually used a crochet or knit. And then, you know, stopped. But No, this is the woman that... And I'd stay over sometimes, and I would be woken up at 2 a.m. because I smelled fresh-baked cinnamon rolls. And you know what? It wasn't in my head. I'd get up, and she's in the kitchen. At what oh, time? Like 2 a.m.? Oh, Mio, I didn't mean to wake you, but I just really wanted cinnamon rolls, so I thought I'd wake up and make some. All the time. Like a a really fun combination of insomnia and industriousness. Yeah, right. Uh, There was also that, and her other thing was um, she would just wake up in the middle of the night with a mad craving for a baked potato. I'm pretty certain certain that she bought a microwave in the the mid-80s just so she could have a baked potato within like eight minutes in the middle of the night when she really wanted one. That is a that is a lifestyle. It is. Yeah. No, it's true. You get woken up at 5 a.m. by vacuuming because, you know, that's morning. So everyone should just be able to deal with it. Uh, I guess technically that's true. Yeah. No, and that's uh, it's my weird grandma. That's what she does. <laughs> uh, there is a pumpkin spice uh, white cloth. No, wait. Is it a fake one? I mean, they make a lot of flavors. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. Why wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look it up From from, it's probably Vive, but I bet you it's just it's just spelled Vive, but I bet you they meant to call it Vive. Vive. Yeah. Pumpkin spice, hard seltzer. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. Oh no, that's that's Etsy. Oh my God, they've got a tumbler. T-shirts. Now we're just Googling uh, White Claws, aren't we? Yes, this is what the show is now. What are we going to do today? We Google uh, White Claw? 
<laughs> I was like, is this, not, is this not it? Are you not entertained? <clears throat> um, well, I think we were going to announce what we were planning on doing for October. We are, yeah. The, so the, the spoopiest month of all. Mm, and I think, Bean, did you actually make a list last week when we were off the air of what episode, what we're doing? Yes, I did, because I am that bitch, and you guys are not. You like uh, of course, now I have to find that list. No, I didn't mean it as a bad thing at all. I know, uh, I didn't either. <laughs> I, remember, I, I, I memorized it. I, I mean, it's remember, not that many things, but... No. Uh, I couldn't remember... Well, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, so yeah, first off, later uh, in, later in the show, we are going to talk about like the shows and movies and music that we will either knowingly or subconsciously start to put on and play <laughs> in the background as we get closer to the spooky seasons. Mm-hmm. Just you know, for fun, <laughs> lighten things up. But first, all through October, we are doing a special commentary every Wednesday. So like, or Tuesday, geez, Wednesdays. So yeah, uh, all through October. Every, every week. We're gonna... Every week, Geek and City Radio is going to do a special spooky commentary of a Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. Or at least the closest Star Trek ever got to doing horror. We picked one right. from every series except Voyager because they never really did a horror episode. Right. So and in threshold, this... threshold doesn't count. <laughs> so uh, in previous years, we usually pick a movie and we do like one for the month or for the season. And maybe yeah. other times we've uh, re- we've reviewed uh, a movie every month. Or am I thinking strictly about Women in Horror Month? Uh, we definitely done Women in Horror, but I think in October before we've also like done one per week. Yeah, or we've done like underrated or unviewed or uh, low viewed. Horror right. movies before, or now is that I, time we just defaulted to Resident Evil? Now, right now, I, I remember why I'm having a hard time remembering what we've done in October's past because it's only been the past couple Octobers that I've been on the show still during October. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's For right. a long time, you were basically just non-existent to, to us, anyway. At least not yeah. in your. At least not in your. Um, in your human form. Human. I think yeah. Manuel, did Manuel ever show up like officially once? I think. Um, he... I never showed up in costume, no. Uh, but I think, did... I think Cable did like performed as Manuel on the show, like probably in your first year on the show, Cable. Yeah. Probably. Or did we show up with a recorder and get the Baron and Manuel together before they opened? Like, I felt like we showed up once, too. That feels like that's more likely, that yeah. you showed up with, uh, like, satellite equipment. And, yes. Uh, because I, I know, like, October became the month that, uh, like, even Merrick saw Manuel more than... <laughs> she had to go to the haunt to see you. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we are shaking things up a little bit. We are combining our love of Star Trek and our mm-hmm. love of all things spooky into one October commentary, and I'm super pumped. So, uh, starting on week one, we're going to do uh, the original series with the classic episode, The Wolf in the Fold. 
That is basically the Enterprise versus Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I'm sure many of our listeners will know and, and will say, no, wait, the Halloween episode is Cat's Paw. It's true. You're which, right. It which was. we know. Yeah. We're still doing Wolf in the Fold. We're still doing Wolf in the Fold. Uh, mainly because we wanted to do one that was... Like, it's legit has some, like, weird, creepy moments. And as much as Star Trek could have weird, creepy moments. Like, mm-hmm. Wolf in the Fold has those. Cat's Paw, don't get me wrong. Cat's Paw is super fun. But it's fun in the way that, like, a rundown, like, horror house is in the 1960s. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, cackling witches. And, you know, Spock's like, Captain, there is a castle out in the distance. You know, it's... Yeah. It was a... um an amusement park dark ride masquerading as a Star Trek episode. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. It was Star Trek trying to recreate the KTEL House of the Horror soundtrack that you can buy on vinyl every year. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. Uh, I mean, this is, I think, the one we had the most uh, back and forth about in trying to decide. We because did. It is, yeah. Because Cat's Paw, well, like, like, like you said, more is more technically the Halloween episode. It's also... Um, kind of campy, you guys would say. Or at least it read as campy <laughs> to me in the description. Sure. Oh, it's it's super campy. Yeah. Um, it's got a couple unsettling moments, mainly because, and it doesn't hold up as well on the Blu-rays anymore. But the because of the like the the low quality of broadcast back in the you know nineteen sixty six sixty seven. They didn't have to like work too hard on like the horror hag makeup. So if you watch it on like a grainy signal on an old tube TV, it is kind of unsettling in that weird, like I've been up really late at night and there's something weird on cable access horror kind of way. <laughs> but under high def with like a fucking 4K TV and Blu-ray, it's like, oh no, you just you just see like the rubber just splotched on her different spots and stuff. <laughs> Which has its own charm, but yeah, it doesn't. It kind of loses its effect. Mm. I've, uh, I've noticed that some of that, um, I don't know. I guess like obvious makeup. Yeah. Uh, while watching earlier uh, Star Trek episodes. Yeah. The hardest thing is you can totally see Spock's uh, the seams on his ears. When they, zoom, when they zoom in close, you can almost always see them. Those um, prosthetic ears are hard. Oh, I know. That's why the pictures of me of Cybok in Vegas are like, why are Aaron's ears look so different? <laughs> why are they have... the wrong color? Why are they the wrong color? And why do they like hang off in a weird way? It's like, well, hey, I, <laughs> I have no blending skills. I have no makeup skills. And then you get super sweaty. So that spirit gum just, just starts to droop. Ew. Yep. Mm-hmm. I went from Cybok to drunk elf by the end of the night. Just like, oh. <laughs> uh, and Go ahead, Cable. I was just going to say, I realized that there were two others that could have been contenders for the horror episode of uh, original series, and that would have been Devil in the Dark with the Horta. Because as a kid, that was genuinely scary. Did Um, you say with the Horta? Yes, Mm -hmm. with the Horta. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of... Is it Vorta? No, not the Vorta. Horta. Horta. Okay, yeah, I don't know what that is. And then the, uh, I think the episode's name are what what little girls are made of. 
I could be wrong. Yeah, that's a weird episode. But that's also the one that has um, Ted Cassidy, who used to play Lurch on the Adams Family. So that's yeah, as as Ruck. Yep, the android, the Ruck. giant android. Yeah, and it is really weird. I think the, the scariest thing from that episode was actually seeing him speak. And what the hell is it with motorcycles today in this neighborhood? Sorry. It's not, the, um, it's not just your neighborhood. They've been going like crazy over here too, but I record in the basement. Seriously, I like I get made in America stuff, but and I understand the practicality of why your mufflers are loud so that other drivers hear you coming if they don't see you. But man, I really dislike Harley's because of that reason. That uh, makes me think of that South Park noisy. episode. But I just yeah. like them because they crap, they break down a lot. Well, they're supposed to, because you know you can work on them then at like, like right. you're supposed to, like a real American. That's right. If you don't know how to work on them, you shouldn't own them. Or you could make ones that don't suck. Yes. Uh, like, how about you just make it work? Yep. Right. Um, Bean, you haven't ever seen Devil in the Dark. Uh, it did, I just looked it up and it didn't, it doesn't ring any bells. I feel like I would have had a lot to say about a room full of crushed pumpkins. Is that? No. Oh, they're, no, they're giant eggs, empty eggshells. No. I mean, we only watched 10 episodes of TOS. Yeah, but I thought you went back and started watching all of them. I haven't done that yet. Oh. I'm on, I'm always on other bullshit. You know that. That's true. Wasting time on other bullshit. I'm kind of surprised I didn't pick Devil in the Dark in the top 10. It must have. It must have barely missed. Yeah, I can see where, because there's there's a solid ten out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Son I think Devil in the Dark f- floats in that top twenty. Yeah. I just put away like a decade's worth of uh, notebooks. I probably would have had like a, a quick access to the notebook where I made notes about the Star Trek episodes. <laughs> well, we'll survive. Uh, Devil in the Dark is also reportedly William Shatner's favorite episode. Is it really? Does he yeah. say why? I guess it was a it was a, like an emotional time for him because if I remember correctly, his father passed away while filming it. Um, that's heavy. Yeah, and there's a message in Devil in the Dark in that don't don't assume because something is monstrous that it is a monster, and mm-hmm. you know that's where the iconic Trek line "No kill I" came from. Was mm-hmm. Devil in the Dark. Hmm. it's a good episode and I, uh that line popped into my head today and that's why i started thinking about it oh yeah nice yep. and although it's not officially canon i think even some of the like paramount you know like guides to whatever like starfleet guides um hortas can now hortas serve in starfleet really yeah and they're all technically the offspring of the one like den mother from that episode. Cause remember they're generational. So mm-hmm. then like one lays all the eggs and then one is picked to caretake all of the eggs. And then when they hatch, that one dies. Interesting. Yeah. Just like Starfleet has dolphins. On all the ships, apparently. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Yeah. So that's, so that's week one. What, what's week two? <laughs> uh, week two, we are moving into the next generation, 
with schisms. Schisms. And uh, now both of you guys felt like this was a no-brainer, right? Like this was the choice. Yeah. Yeah. So why was that? It is a it's it's an alien abduction horror story. It's yeah. plain and simple. They don't they don't candy coat that at all. They are doing oh, oh we're we're addressing alien abduction stories. Yeah, totally. But like and it does it in such a way it's like, wait, how are you doing alien abductions if you're on a ship full of technically <laughs> species who are alien to one another? Right. <laughs> uh it it does have some like deeply unnerving scenes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just remembered one. <laughs> no spoilers, because I haven't seen this one either. Uh, that's what I'm excited about. Is I don't know any of these uh, episodes as far as as far as my memory serves. So. Right. That's also one I've always like. I have wanted to do a sequel to that episode so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that's all I'm going to say because she hasn't seen it yet. So. Ah, it's horrifying. <laughs> um, and then we'll next, we'll move on to Deep Space Nine. Actually, before we move ahead to Deep Space Nine, yeah, wait, Voyager comes first, right? Yeah, but we're not doing a Voyager. I, yes, correct. However, I do, I, I want to well, fit no, this comment into Voyager, that, the space techni- where Voyager would be. Technically, Voyager would be after we talk about DS9. Yes. Okay. In I just, terms I, of premieres. I, there's some <laughs> chat stuff that I wanted to point out. Let's just let's just do it. Dude. Okay. So Sack in the chat pointed out that uh, there is an episode of Voyager that is basically Suspiria. I don't remember that at all. Or is that the title of the episode, which would be equally surprising? But it's a uh, it's an episode that involves an evil child and her prophet who devours life. F, F- uh, I can't talk essences. Uh, and there's a Shagoth. What t- what episode is that? Uh, it, oh, he just filled it in. It's oh, cold, cold fire. fire. Thanks, Zach. I don't remember this at all. I don't mm. either. Well, I might watch that just just for GP, like just to have it, you know? Since you guys don't want to do Voyager, but I'm like, I'm, I want to... Well, s- we couldn't think serious? of one. Also, we only have four weeks. There's also that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Check it out, and then I can like give a brief on a brief commentary on it if it's good, if I like it. If not, we can just pretend this part of the conversation never happened. <laughs> What's, do we know what season it was in? Season two, he says. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it on the list that we looked at when we had the, when we planned this out. Right. Yeah, I don't remember. All right, I'll check it out cuz I am curious about it. Mm. Okay, that that was all on that. Okay. We can we can go back on course now. All right. Uh so over on DS9, we're going to do a commentary of Empoknor. Cable, how much do you remember about Empak Noor? I don't remember anything. Yeah, I really that, don't. Other than that it was a haunted house episode. 
Yeah, it's it's Star Trek trying to do a haunted house episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, totally. Because um, I think it's also the one where, um, yeah, Garrick starts to go real like it's creepy. Like, yeah, Garrick becomes very dangerous and begins to like stalk members of the crew. And it's yeah, it's a flat out haunted house. It's the crew goes to a haunted state. It's not a haunted one, but it's an abandoned. Cardassian space station and to get parts and creepy shit begins to happen. Mm. And Deep Space Nine was another one of the ones that had multiple options, but I feel like you guys dismissed a lot of them as like not that good. Well, I'm trying to remember what were some of the other ones? Did you write them down what we had? I have them here. So other Deep Space Nine spooky episodes include Whispers, Distant Voices. I think we might have had a little bit of a back and forth between Empopnor and Distant Voices. And then the other... Oh, nope, sorry, that's it. So I think Whispers was like, nope, not mm-hmm. even going to discuss it. And then we just needed to decide between Distant Voices and Empopnor. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Empopnor always reminds me of the... Um, there's this, like, it's a quick little ghost story that's been around for a long time, and Distant Voices reminds me of it. It's about, the whole concept is that it's about the last man on Earth is sitting in a rocking chair, reading a book, and there's a knock at the door. Like, that's the, that, like, that's the whole story. And that's kind of what Distant Voices reminds me of. Hmm. It doesn't sound bad, but it's not like the most compelling thing. No, and the great thing about Impact Noir is you get to see another side of Garrick, which is pretty fun to, to watch him watch him play. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What was the other one we thought about? Uh, uh, distant Voices. No, on DS9. It was distant, you said there was a third one. No, Whispers, Whispers. was the one that we didn't uh, debate. <laughs> oh, that one right. was like immediately written off. And we only had to decide between those other two. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I was reading up on Cold Fire. Cold Fire is the it is a sequel to the pilot of Voyager, yeah. in that we see a second planet of Okampa and meet the female version of the caretaker. Oh, okay. Whose name is Suspiria. Yeah, that's not su- that's not subtle at all. <laughs> it was a Kess episode too, and I'm like, eh. but the hold on, I'm trying to remember who Kess is. She's the young one who helps out Tuvix, right? <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. Neelix. Ne- oh my god. <laughs> She's the one dating Neelix. She's the two-year-old. She's the two-year-old dating the very old character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even still, she was like 24 and Ethan Phelps was in his 50s. Yeah. And apparently he smoked so much that she couldn't stand being around him and they had a lot of like one-on-one scenes together. Ugh. Yeah, like he was just, he was like, he is like a chain smoker or was then. Where you like, have that like, like stale, acrid smell about you. Yeah, and apparently he would like smoke in his costume. So the costume would get full of smoke and he wouldn't even like take a breath mint or chew gum before scenes. He just 
stonk of an ashtray. Gross. Yeah. It's no good. No good at all. Anyway. <clears throat> and then we're going to wrap it up with uh, Enterprise. Ep- uh, we decided on episode called Impulse. Yes. Cable this was also uh, a no-brainer. This is Vulcan Zombies, right? This is Vulcan Zombies. <laughs> yeah, Vulcan Zombies. Oh, man. Yeah. And they're terrifying, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Vulcans that are undead, basically. I mean, they're not undead, but they're more, uh, they're rage zombies. They're 28 days later Vulcans. Oh, much. interesting. Yeah. yeah. They have before, lost before all 28 reason. days later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know how, so, okay, so, for example, I just watched uh, a Korean zombie film called Alive. I think it was technically, it's hashtag Alive. Okay. Uh, and they kind of preface some of the behavior that the zombies are going to display by having like news reports that talk about how uh, sometimes the zombies retain <laughs> partial memories of their of their previous lives and so perform so, uh, like they're able to do things because it's just like repetitive motion. So like an action that you would like did that was part of your job or something like right. that, which is like a whole nother thing in my mind um but so stuff like you know opening handle so basically they explained how their zombies could get around uh, certain obstacles by laying like opening gra- doors yeah so hmm. by laying the groundwork of like oh well they so there's a, there's a scene where a former firefighter like climbs up a rope to up the side of a building like not something you would normally see in a zombie deal, right. but that made me. Uh, that makes me think of the comparison. Like, okay, so if in some in some schools of thought, zombies perform repetitive actions that were familiar in life, what would that look like for a Vulcan? Like, what would their like lingering synapses be like? I don't know. I mean, because it's. <laughs> I feel like it's established that although it seems like it comes natural, Vulcans have to constantly work on suppressing and controlling how they express emotion. It's not that they don't have any. They have like super intense ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I guess the, the, the episode answers that question for me. If, if they become rage zombies, uh, it's, it's because they, they no longer have that ability to control yeah, well, I don't want. To, we don't want to give. There's more than that to it. Yep. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah, but I'm I remember, gonna... it, and it's and it's very much shot like a zombie movie. Also, like real claustrophobic, going through corridors and stuff. It's pretty fun. I think the only backstory that you're going to need for it is the fact that Impulse takes place during year four. No, year three. three. Sorry, they're in the expanse, right? Yes, it takes. So it's their ongoing war with the Zindi, and they're in the Expanse, which is a strange. It, it's a space that has too many anomalies that throws things off, mm-hmm. and uh, the Vulcans won't chart it. They don't want to go into it, um, and they lost a ship in it. Okay, and that's all that they'll they'll tell um, the Feder or. Starfleet, not the Federation. So, so it, it's part of that longer war, war with the Zindi plotline. Okay, you might have to remind me of that by the time we get to that episode. Mm-hmm. 
Sex and uh, they would be fighting with big spoons. Uh, with what? With big spoons. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Thanks, Zach. With the uh, mm-hmm. the lerpa, right? Yes. Yes, the lerpa. The on wound is the big expensive boas. Now I kind of hope they do the music. I mean, I know it's not the same scenario, but... Uh, no. Spoilers on that, they don't, know. Mm. But that would be cool. Yeah, those aren't regular Vulcan melee weapons. Those were ritualistic. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. They were specifically Vulcan. for... What was that challenge called? Um, Kalifi. Yeah. Oh, no, she calls for Kunut Kalifi. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole challenge. I think they just have to do with anything super ritualistic because in the search for Spock, when they're bringing Spock's body up and then they have to bring up McCoy, son of David, there's, there's guards by T'Pau up there also. And they've got the, no, it's, it's not T'Pau anymore. It's mm-hmm. in the movie. It was, is it still T'Pau? It was still T'Pau. Okay. Uh, you sure? I am ninety-seven percent sure. Okay. Either way, there's there's people there's guards next to them to her, and they're carrying uh, uh, the lerpas. So I think it's just a ceremonial thing. Very well. There you go. Very well. With a lot of naked Vulcan priestesses. That, again, you do not notice when it's on film and projected, but on the Blu-rays, it's uh, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, I think, fully believed that the they would wear very sheer robes and then nothing under them. Mm. So, granted, most of your attention's on Spock during during that scene in The Search for Spock. But if your eyes gaze, well, you know. Sure. Yeah. All right, then. There, there you go. There is a logic to that. Sure, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Mm, Sack says, I want to hear a creepy Trent Reznor cover of the Amok Time music. Mm. I said, no, I want one by Serge Tankian. Where do I know that name from? Uh, oh my god, now I'm going to blank on the name of the band. System of a Down. Mm. Oh, Okay. The Armenian guy, he did a really amazing cover of The Reigns of Castromere. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, now you remember. Now I remember, yeah. Right, wouldn't that be cool? I could see that for sure. Yeah, that would be fun. Let's get him uh, on the Twitter real quick. Yeah. I wouldn't mind hearing uh, Bear McCreary do a take on uh, the Abok Time music. Sure. You know, he's got yeah, a thing for those big drums. So he got that burn into burn. I like that'd be fun. That's true. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'd check that out for sure. Yeah, I'd rock it. Uh, so that's it. That is our lineup for uh, spooky viewing in October. We're yeah. looking at all Star Trek all the time. Yes, that also means that those shows would be a little bit shorter. Just so you know. Um. We'll basically yammer a little bit and then get right into the episodes. (laughs) 
So <laughs> you you Just say that. <laughs> well, sure. I know. I've, but we've met. We've met us. That's, this is true. <laughs> well, the ep- the episodes are short. It's still an episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, uh, but if an episode of Star Trek takes about an hour, it's going to take us about ninety minutes to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing it at the same time, though. We're doing comedy. Oh, we're going to do them live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, that's, a, it that's a horse of a different color. That's right. Oh, Dorothy. You never <laughs> told me your name was Dorothy. <laughs> Is that the thing that gets her in? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, because the, the scarecrow says, come on, Dorothy, we'll find someone else that'll get you home. And then the guy there goes, Dorothy! I don't know why I remember that, but that, that, yes, that is how it goes. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Uh, Sack, uh, Sack, uh, has, uh, has a name for us. Oh, that is a good one. Trek or treat. Ah, damn it. That's good. That's good. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Well done, Sack. Uh, you earn, uh, one piece of gold press latinum that we will get to you later. <laughs> that you may use for any purchase um, within the Federation. Except they don't use money, so you know what I mean. Uh, you can use it at Cork's Bar. That's it. Right. Um, play it, Blow it on Dabo. See if you get lucky. Dabo! Um, something else we discovered just before the show started that kind of has Cable and I pumped mm-hmm. is that Hasbro is bringing back HeroQuest Ooh! Optimus his ears with Hero Quest. Hero Quest. <laughs> no, Hero can't, Quest. Can't yeah, jump so, on the table, but like almost ate it on like eight different things. It's a mountain of stuff right now. Hero Quest. Hero so, Quest. There were a couple news things like that it has been happening in the past few weeks in the gaming community, and one of them has been that uh, Avalon Hill, which is like a, a game publisher, they did a lot of uh, war games and. Uh, Everyone who listens to this show will know them more for Betrayal at House on the Hill. Um, they were bought by Wizards of the Coast, and so so that Wizards of the Coast would have a board game arm, but then Hasbro bought Wizards of the Coast. So Wizards has been focusing all of their time and money and energy on Magic and, and D&D, and Hasbro decided and announced... I'm sure they decided this a while ago, but announced it this past week that they were taking Avalon Hill under their, just under Hasbro proper. Mm. Since it's like, we do board games. Why don't we go ahead and do this? Um, Coupled with that, once they did that, there was a countdown clock on Avalon Hill's page of the, the, the undead Lord from West and it was just him and a countdown clock, and everyone went, "Are are you making remaking Hero Quest?" I'm glad there's another hat. That's good. Another hat. Yeah. The um, only thing that would have been better is if that hat had been under the other hat, like when you take off a wig and there's another wig underneath. Yeah, but it's it's hard to hide stuff under with ears. Yep, those aren't soft I, ears. I no, can no, still no. be disappointed. Oh my god, jeez. This is true. You, I'm, yeah, watching, I'm, I'm watching a lot of drag race these days, so oh well. I, just, I have sorry. expectations. <laughs> sorry, I don't live up to RuPaul's and your standards. I mean, does anybody? 
the fracking no. company that he employs on his property? <laughs> oh, is that out loud? Shit. Don't remind me. Uh, back to Hero Clicks. Okie dokie. Hero Quest. Hero Quest is a completely different game. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, so the, the announcement came out today, this afternoon, that uh, they were finally printing, after 30 years, making a second edition of Hero Quest. 30 which years, I believe, yeah, which I believe they were, uh, they crowdsourced? They are crowdsourcing it right now. Are crowdsourcing it right now, so. Yeah. Um, so definitely, if you're into Hero Hero Quest or anything Games Workshop, you should check this out. Yeah, to be sure. And, and that's that's the other thing is it's in conjunction with Games Workshop, which makes Warhammer 40k and uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Wait, so Hasbro's working with um, Games, Games Workshop? Workshop? Games Workshop owns the Hero Quest license. Because it was essentially a board game version of Hero Quest or Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Oh, I never knew that part. Mm-hmm. Well, because where I grew up, I could find Hero Quest like at my local Sprouse Rates. Yes, um, but, but it, it yeah, but no it, Warhammer. <laughs> but it was made in conjunction with Games Workshop, so they would have a board game that could make it into your local department store. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember playing it like in junior high. Like there was always like one person in your friend group who had it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think I realized that this game had been around for so long. Yeah, it, it was a board game that when Guardian used to take in board game trades, regardless of the condition, any time one came into the store, we would take it in. Really? Yes, because we would immediately sell it. I, I can totally believe that. When yeah. did they stop making it the first time around? The eighties. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Maybe early nineties, but you're probably right, Cable. Probably. Well, I, the reason I ask is because. Uh, there's like videos about how it's back for, I know after crowdfunding and mm-hmm. somewhere in here, I could have sworn I saw something about like 30 years or now I can't find it, but I could have sworn I saw that. Oh man. It's not that it's, it's still older, but uh, Wikipedia listed is from 1989 to 1997 hmm. is how long it, uh, it hung around there. So. Okay. Yeah. Not quite that long ago. But yeah. Still, it was, yeah, collaboration between Milton Bradley, right, which was absorbed by Hasbro, and Games Workshop. Man, Hasbro and Games Workshop just sounds like the most unholy of an alliance. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Yeah, and like not like in a fun way. That's usually what they mean by unholy alliance. I guess that's true. But some can at least be interesting. I feel like if they were to ever like merge, it would just be the most banal toy company that ever existed they would like just we make we make toys like them you know it's just it would just remove all joy from toys and games so just to give you an idea of how excited people are that hero quest is coming back um this went live today at noon funding is still open for 45 days their target goal is one million dollars they have made seven hundred and eighty-eight thousand. 
Wow. Since I... noon today. Wow. Yeah. That is. And there are only two tiers. Heroic tier for a hundred bucks or mythic tier for 150. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Like when I think about like how much I regret, uh, like trading in my NES back in the nineties mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like store credit for like, I don't know, an, another, a new game of something else. Um, imagine a game that they stopped producing 23 years ago when it was that good. Because right. it looks really good. I've never played it personally, but it just looks like D&D in a box, like 100% ready to go with your little tiny furniture and everything. So someone, this someone, is the game Someone that's... might have just backed it. <laughs> someone with Mickey ears, perhaps? No. Yes. Did you go the heroic or did you go of mythic? Of course I went. I, yeah, mythic. I'm just... So that you get the two expansion sets. Yeah, that's it. I know I'm going to want the expansion sets. So that you why... immediately throw away. And replace with another edition of Heracrest. <laughs> um, the video was awesome. Yeah, this was the for this was the game that introduced uh, board gamers to the concept of the the dungeon crawl in a box. So they like invented that. Yeah. So yeah. like everything since then is uh, you know an iteration of that. Descent. Um, I mean, all of the D and D, yeah, dungeons in a box. There was the game that TSR put out called Dungeon, but it was it was pretty much set. It didn't have any variable mm-hmm. adventures you could play. It was just the board, um, badly balanced. It uh, they they reprinted it like a year or so ago, a couple years ago. It's still mm-hmm. the same game. Like they just made it look prettier, but it's the same shitty rules. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's great for kids, and it's great to get kids into playing uh, dungeon crawl games so that you can later teach them how to play Descent. Yeah. Although not great for kids that uh, are more savvy gamers, because when I was converting my old dungeon board game into a messenger bag, Mm -hmm. um, Fraction and Kelly Sue's kid commented on it on my Instagram feed. He's like, oh, man, I've got the new one. That's pretty cool looking. I said, oh, cool. I was just kind of wondering. Did they update the game and on? He wrote back, nah, it's still crap. It just looks better. No. At the time, I think they would have been like 12. I was like, oh, good to know. 11 or 12, so. Yeah. Maybe and it just wasn't to his taste. I, I, do believe, I do believe this person plays Gloomhaven by now, so. Yeah. He, uh... <laughs> yes, an, this is he's true. He's an advanced gamer. <laughs> he's not just an they're not just an advanced gamer. They are also uh, like work their way up from playing D and D to running D and D games. Yeah. Um, they are also into Warhammer. Um, I believe mm-hmm. they have Kieran Gillen to thank for that. <laughs> I mean, if you got to have a teacher, I guess. Well, like, like I tracked the time period when Kieran Gillen was in town visiting. Yeah. And I know from his, uh, Instagram feed that he's a huge 40k and fantasy or age of Sigmar player. Right. Loves it. Um, And within a month after someone was shopping at the store for (laughs) all manner of Warhammer. That's awesome. (laughs) That's cool. So 
hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll be able to play in person and we can play it on the show. That would be that would be a long show. Eh, whatever. We can it'll split be it up. Fun. Yeah, totally. I think by that time we'll be ready to it's like oh we have to sit in a room together for three hours? Okay. What a shame. That's it's um, horrible. It's awful. And I know this might get some hate from my fellow fantasy nerds, but I remember HeroQuest being more enjoyable than Talisman. I don't. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. To my, fr- to my friend Brian, if you're listening, I am sorry. I am so sorry. Uh, I don't get why people like Talisman. It looks boring as fuck. <laughs> it's What is Talisman? It's a dungeon crawl in a circular format. Sort of like it's squares within squares within squares. Like you have to play the outside of the the game board, and then you move into the middle ring, and then you move into the middle. But it's all card based. There's not a miniature to be found. It's no. I I don't get it. And there are like there are just a bazillion of expansions. Yes, there are so many expansions, and this is probably well. I will get the bulk of the hate on this. I don't think there's a shred of skill involved in Talisman. It is all freaking luck. It's all if you were lucky enough to have a certain card, you were lucky enough to land in a certain spot, and you were lucky enough to have a certain role. I, yeah. And it could go on for hours. And uh, I, I think this is the game that replaced... Hero Quest, because it is also a Games Workshop board game. I feel like Talisman's been around for a long time. It was first released in 1983. The most current iteration was redone in 2008. Right. That's fourth edition. Okay, so it didn't replace it, but... eh. I think this was their first attempt at a board game, and then they made Hero Quest, and it was better. And they went, "Oh no, what have <laughs> we done?" We have, we have all these Hero Quest things, though. We've made a huge mistake. Have they? No, they're going to make a ton of money out of it, so I guess not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, and I know I'm going to get like, because there are people out, people who like Talisman like talisman oh well why no like i said <laughs> I, I apologize to my friend brian who may be listening i don't get it uh i made the mistake of going on the hasbro site proper now i shouldn't have done that don't wh- why did you do that look here's the thing i am way past my my years of collecting transformers just to collect them but i had no idea that last year takara added a uh, a freaking like six dinobot so they could all form into Volcanus, the giant Dinobot. And now there's an American version. Oh, wow. They, they, added, they added a raptor. Ugh. Madness. Which is, of course, a nod to Dinobot from Beast Wars. Ah, you bastard. No, you know what? I literally have no room or money for this thing because it's like $190. Plus, you just backed another game. 
We're not on that anymore. We're on talking about Transformers. <laughs> I I was at I was at Target yesterday, but I was at Target like uh, probably a month ago and was walking through the toy aisle and came across G.I. Joe figures that I had never like I didn't realize they started producing ones of this caliber. It was like a twenty five dollar G.I. Joe figure. Oh, and I shit, almost just really? went Yeah. I almost bought it. Because it was it was Scarlet. Was it like? Well, because it's all that's Hasbro also, right? Yeah, and Hasbro also has the Star Wars light. Do you think they're doing their version of the Black series with GI Joe now? I think they do. I think so they are. Like, oh, dirt! Oh, damn it! Yep, it was really good. Oh man. I'll bet I can find it on their page. So that means if they do a double set of Tomaxes, they, oh man, yeah, Scarlet, Black Series of Snake Eyes. It is called the GI Joe Classified Series. All right, now you're not you're making everything bad now, Cable. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Scarlet was twenty. Uh, man, he looks sweet. Destro is twenty five. That. Oh man, that Destro was pimp. Yep. That's a Destro with a gold head. Hell yeah, it is, and a golden gun. Man, has he still got his disco collar? Yes, he does. Oh, with leopard print. Oh, <laughs> damn it. I might have wanted it just for Destro. That is amazing. And the ninja's boring. Cobra Commander looks cool. Gung-ho, snake like I get that Cobra Commander is the bad guy. He's always the bad guy. He's not never to be emulated. But That's he's true. always and he was once the... a man. Yes, he uh, he has the best fashion for the best tyrannical supervillains. What do you really like does. more? Do you like silver faceplate Cobra Commander or blue hood? Silver pa- faceplate all the way. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I like blue hood because it just feels more evil. We are boring Denise to tears right now. I'm following along. I don't, but I don't like actively know these characters. Although um, I am the the Cobra Commander, and he's just like all blue, head to toe, except for black boots and gloves, and that one looks pretty sick. Yeah, yeah right. That's so what I mean. Good. Like he's Cobra Commander has always had fantastic fashion sense. I love that he's also carrying a modified super sci-fi flintlock. Yeah. Oh, that's not the one I'm seeing. Well, there's two of them. There's one in there's right. Regal. Oh, variant. you're talking about the one with all the gold on him. Oh, and the interchangeable that's, hands. That's not Cobra Commander. That's Destro. No, to the left. There's GI Joe. We're such dorks. We're looking at someone else's website. So there's Cobra Commander <laughs> Regal variant to the left of Destro. Under right. Destro is the regular one. Destro is the regular yeah. one. Yeah. Right, but um, top row, third one down, it says G.I. Joe Cobra Commander, and he's like in all blue. It's like a bright, like a royal blue, and he's holding a, looks like a golden scepter. Oh, that's the statue. Oh, this one doesn't, like, this is, this one's different? That's just the statue, yeah. Oh, Okay. Oh, I do see now. Everyone else has little joints, and he does not. Yeah, uh, they're not little joints. They're kung fu. Sorry. I do believe that is the staff of Cobra La. 
or more importantly, Cobra. La 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 la. <laughs> okay. Why would they? I mean, I get why because of tradition. They got to make Duke, but no one cares about Duke at all. No one does. Which one no is one Duke? Does. The blonde guy next to Scarlet. Blonde guy. Yeah. That Snake Eyes is dope. So the page that I'm on only has the nine action figures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, mine's got a little bit more. So. Like a special <laughs> secret page? I guess so. Damn, yeah, that is Norm, a good it's, Snake Eyes. It's basically the Black Series for G.I. Joe. It is. This is what the basically exactly what they're what doing. Is. Yeah. Oh, I I think it is as cool as uh, that uh, profit director Destro is. I'm a little. Oh no, I'm fine with that. What I don't understand is why do we have the Red Ninja? Where is Storm Shadow? Right. Like if you if you make a Snake Eyes, you, you have, have to have to a Storm a, Shadow. Yeah, every time. You just do. You have to. Right. Because they were both what? Uh, Arashikage? Yes. Everyone also gets that so was uh, Zartan. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zartan was also Arashikage. And then as the story moved on, you found out that he's the one who actually killed their master, disguised as Storm Shadow. That G.I. makes G.I. a lot got, more sense. Doesn't it, right? Yeah, G.I. Yeah. Joe got super deep. That's because Larry Hama is awesome. Exactly. We also, that's get second... a chance to interview him. Oh, I'm taking man. it. I would love to interview him. Well, no one's going anywhere. We should just reach out to him. You have a point. Yeah. Man. What was it? Oh, I just went blank now. Oh, no, that second G.I. Joe movie, which still wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. But that fight in the kitchen between um, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow was amazing. Yes, it was. That's a good fight scene. Uh, the anyway, second movie was decidedly better than the first one. Oh, my God, it was way better. And then mm-hmm. Fast and Furious just became G.I. Joe, and there's no reason to make G.I. Joe movies anymore. This is also true. <laughs> it's very true. Did you realize they've all but admitted that they're going to go to the space? when they do Fast 9, because Fast 8's coming out. Like, they flat out have basically admitted that they're going to space, and I am so here for it. So I'm sorry, what? what? Fast is and Furious is going to eventually go to space. I'm pretty sure that's where the Leprechaun series just, like, died off, isn't it? Well, which was first, Leprechaun in space or Leprechaun in the hood? Pretty sure Leprechaun in the Hood was first. Yes, it and was. then Space, and then maybe Back to the Hood. Back to the Hood. So embarrassing. Well, that's what it's called. Don't look at me. Oh, shit. Cable, did you zoom in on Prophet Director Destro, one of the pictures? Mm-mm. One of the things he's holding is he's literally lit money on fire. Which one is this? Nice. G.I. Joe classified Prophet Director Destro. Oh, man. That is nuts. His whole cape is a leopard. Yeah, there is no other way to describe that particular iteration of Destro other than pimp. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is an outfit Huggy Bear would kill for. <laughs> Hell yes. Absolutely. Um, and everyone forgets that uh, he's Scottish. Destro? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they hired. Um, actually, that doesn't make sense. That they no. hired when they hired um, Eccleston, Eccleston to play him, right. and then he did one of the worst Scot- uh, Scottish accents I have ever heard. Pretty awful, yeah, without question. And I do a pretty cartoonish one myself. That was, <laughs> and that was worse. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't explain anything about the cartoon where he just sounded not Scottish at all or even European at all. No, he sounded. He sounded like he should have been a villain in escape from New York. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. That makes more sense. It also seems wrong on this series that they have a Scarlet but no Baroness. Yes, also that. Yeah, they're missing a lot of key. Um, they are this ninja thing. You know what? Meh, meh. Get rid of ninja. I mean, no, that... maybe they're maybe they're rolling out more. You know, like gradually. Yeah. Nine isn't that many to begin with. I know. Which begs the question: If you were only going to roll out nine, and you weren't going to do the Baroness. Or Storm Shadow, or Major Blood, or <laughs> Zartan as your other, like you've got two Destros and a Cobra Commander, then that should have simply been a Cobra Trooper. Right. Yeah. Just the, your standard issue Cobra Troopers, because that's, you know, then helps tie that into uh, a Cobra Commander, because you could buy as many of those as you want, so you had an army of Cobras. Cobra. Unless you start burning your money. That man Destro's got it. He don't she don't it doesn't matter. I just listened to that Cobra Island album again a couple of days ago. <laughs> the best line of that called Destro is when he says I invented putting snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. It's pretty good. It's so good. Oh my god. Um Jeezy Pete. Yeah, there'll be more stuff coming in. Yeah. And if you only made nine, why did you make two Cobra Commanders and two Destros? I'm still not There's seeing more. that There's second. There's got to be more. Yeah. By the way, he comes out October 1st, and I'm so tempted, but I just can't justify dropping it. You know Sean Wynn's going to be all over this set. Mm-hmm. I think he buys every version of uh, Snake Eyes that comes out. That that tracks. Yeah. I could not answer that. Anyway, but we're just rambling now. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, uh, Sack, uh, Sack corrected me. Um, Leprechaun 4 was the one in space, and then 5 and 6 are when he goes to the hood twice. So bad. Quick, uh, best weird, uh, best, like, uh, blah, blah, blah in space horror movie. Oh, jeez. Knowing there's only one correct answer. <laughs> 
then why are we even playing this game? Because I want to see if you're if you're right or not. It's something something in space. So it can't, so I e like not a sci fi movie, but when they go to space. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a horror movie when they go to. It can't be like well, alien. I don't mean like a like a <laughs> like that kind of. But when they take like a character that's a horror or whatever, and they put him in space. I mean, the, the only one I can think of is Jason in space. You would be correct, sir. Jason X is the only one that matters. You've earned me putting on a new hat. <laughs> oh, this one's hard to wear. <laughs> What's up with the musical hats tonight? Because I finally got Bluetooth earbuds, so I can finally wear all the goofy hats I've been wanting uh... to wear on the show for like six months now. They're not goofy. They're all Haunted Mansion hats. I didn't say goofy. Oh, okay. But yeah, I said what's Jason... with the musical hats? I, you oh, know, okay. like musical chairs. Oh, and there's a and there's a there's a trumpet and a harp on this one. This there is. Yeah, good job, Madame, Madame Leota. Anyway, it's a whole. <laughs> but yes, you're right, Cable. Jason X, the only one that matters. Still has mm-hmm. one of the best kills in the entire franchise. The uh, the liquid nitrogen kill. Yeah. Yeah. So. I good. mean, liquid nitrogen makes everything cooler. Yes. Yeah. That oh, the hologram. The, the hologram scene. Why don't you join us? We're going to have premarital sex. And then he starts beating him inside the the sleeping bag. Gets a train mm-hmm. and going, <laughs> yeah, like that sound. Mind you. And then they Mind turn you. him into a then they turn him into a Borg. So, mm-hmm. Now that we're uh, done, there nerding out about you know GI Joe because why not? Uh, <laughs> this is a good time to talk about our sponsors. First up, that would be Bridge City Comics over on North Mississippi Avenue. Um, actually, if you heard Cable and I kind of nerding out about the you know ongoing GI Joe story arcs and, and Larry Hama, and if you're curious about them, they most of them are still in print as graphic novels over at Bridge City Comics. I know IAW reprinted a lot of the classic Marvel. G.I. Joe comics, so you can buy, I think they just call them classic G.I. Joe, most of them written by Larry Hama. Don't let the fact that they're colorful characters, like, fool you. They're they're really good comics. Like, they're straight up, like, war and espionage and thriller comics, and they're very well made. As is a lot of the new stuff. Um, there have been multiple G.I. Joe arcs that they've done in the recent years that kind of do soft reboots after every kind of arc. They're, uh, they're super fun. If you can hunt it down, try to find... The one that all deals with the assassination of Cobra Commander and the, like, power vacuum that that creates within Cobra and, like, the world. It's pretty dope. Anyway, uh, you don't have to get G.I. Joe comics either. You can also get Transformers comics! (laughs) Also by AEW. In fact, there's a G.I. Joe and Transformers crossover that is bonkers as hell. Get it. Um... But they also have all kinds of comics over at Bridge City Comics. So go check them out. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland. And when you're there with your mask on, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. And of course, Guardian Games, our longest sponsor. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They currently do not have copies of HeroQuest. Because as we just talked about, it is on pre-order for HeroQuest. But we did mention some other games. Uh, they do have, if for some ungodly reason you do want to play Talisman, they got it. <laughs> have fun. That'll be six hours you won't get back. I really shouldn't complain about a game in a sponsorship read for a game store. But, hey, you know what? Some people like that stuff. You know what? Cthulhu bless. Good for them. But there are also other, like, cool... Uh, if you're not ready to take the full dip into, like, role-playing games... 
they probably have used copies or shoot even still new copies of back when D&D was in 4th edition. There was a series of board games. Like there was the Ravenloft one. There was a Menzo Baranzin. There was a Dragon one. They're all really solid board games. Super fun. Easy to learn, especially if you're new to role-playing. Good mechanics. So yeah, check them out. You have all kinds of gaming options with Bridge... Guardian Games is what I meant. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. When you're in there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. And as always, a huge thanks to RevNat of RevNat's Hard Cider for hooking us up with equipment so that we all sound oh so very crisp and shiny during the coronavirus pandemic quarantine apocalypse from hell. Uh, And for keeping everybody well lubed during that time period. So uh, thank them for getting us some equipment. And you could thank them by maybe enjoying some tasty beverages that were fermented from fruit. And I do believe that is the extent to which the OLCC allows ads. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the show. Well, this is a good pl- place to uh, shift over to what our actual topic was going to be for like the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun things that get us in the spooky mood. Mm. And you wanted pump- to... That isn't pumpkin spice everything. Right. Uh, but that is also spec- some salad. Yes. Yeah, but you specifically wanted it to be like movies and music, yeah, or but... TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, um, anything. I th- I think at this point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like me personally, you know, I don't do a lot of rewatching typically, but I do try to spend more of my time focusing on horror movies versus any movies or shows. Uh. That's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, is there stuff that you would like jump on? What are you thinking? Um, oh, God. Now I have to like think about it. Uh, oh, you know, there's a new series uh, from the creators of uh, American Horror Story that uh, focuses around uh, Nurse Ratchet, which mm-hmm. I you know, have since learned is an ex- a pre-existing character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. And so before, I do want to watch that show. I don't know how horror horror it is versus like suspense thriller, like shock value horror. It's going to yeah. be disturbing. Yes, exactly. Um, but I also want to preface it by watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, even though I know that that's not actually a horror. I mean, it's not. It does have some horrific elements in that you see how the mental, how people in mental hospitals are treated. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, you know. Uh, yeah, that's, film, that's its own horror. Filmed in Oregon. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Oregon State oh. Hospital. What was the name of the mental health facility that was here that they closed? Damish. Damish, thank you. Damish, I worked there. Not in Damish, but I worked out of that building when Bandits was filming. That was the production office. Right. And during the rare downtimes, we would go explore, and it was weird. Yeah, that was the one that was closed by Reagan. Yes. Uh, it was weird. We you would find paperwork like half filled out. It was like literally, it was like okay, and it's closed now, and everyone just got up and left. Uh, but it had tunnels connecting different buildings, and yeah. Um, it had a weird vibe there. Uh, now it is a housing community that I'm sure doesn't have any problems at all. Super. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you just moved the headstones! Nah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we should try to get in on that. 
Oh, uh, no. Seth, Seth was just asking if uh, if we have uh, managed to do, uh, do any investigations yet. Not yet. It's 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 so funny. Everyone who says they want us to come do it are people who don't live within like twenty miles of here. Mm-hmm. It's always something like, "Oh, I'm a listener in you know Colorado." Yeah, I'd love, I was like, "Well, we are you going to fly us out there?" No. Well, then, I mean, thank you for the offer, but. <laughs> Podcasting doesn't make any money, friends. I don't know. Um, maybe Mark Maron has misled you in some way. But yeah. uh, but no, well, no one's paying us to be here, so we cannot fly to your state. It makes money for it makes money for Mark Maron, Kevin Smith, Joe Rogan, and white women talking about serial killers. Like that's kind of all that podcasting makes money for. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> uh, I do. We may have a chance to investigate. You know that weird mead and Leatherworks or open that mead hall. That would be cool. Apparently they keep hearing weird things. So they, they have suggest they've, they haven't promised, but they've said a few times that once they kind of get things operational, they would, they would enjoy us having there and showing up. So. I think Cable's hearing some weird things right now. Well, he lives in old town. Well, Manju is staring at something. And then I just heard wind chimes. I heard the wind chimes too. I thought that was just what you had in your house, Cable. Why would I have wind chimes inside an apartment? I don't think you understand how wind chimes work, Fred. <laughs> sometimes they're pretty and you just hang them up. I don't know. I mean, I know we have a set of wind chimes in the house. You know what? That means it's time for another hat change. The, the cat is also still staring at something that I can't see. Whenever my cat's just staring at something that isn't there, I always just go, it's just you and me now, Claymore. It just reminds me there was a far side comic once with like two dogs talking and one of them said, want to have some fun? Let's just stare at the closet and growl. (laughs) (laughs) Sons of bitches. Yeah. Uh, what is oh, up there? What are you Norm is sharing a really interesting idea that I kind of want to get in on. So him and Katie are doing something new this year. Uh, he says the first week of October is going to be the haunting of Hill House. So I just they're just gonna mm-hmm. like slow binge that for a week. Uh, second week is gonna be horror originals and or remakes. I, okay. I, I'm not super clear like what that means, uh, but I'm sure he'll explain it. Uh, third week is monsters. Start on land, end in the sea. That's kind of uh-huh. fun. And then fourth week is all '80s horror classics. That's a fun idea. Yeah. That is fun. Yeah. And you've got a week of like Freddy and Jason and Mike Myers, but then like you have a different week where you could do like the creature from the Black Lagoon and uh, I don't know what else. The Howling. <laughs> the- I've never seen the Howling. Ooh. You would, I think you would dig the howling. Okay. Don't watch the rest of them. I should be the writing all this shit down. Have you seen American Werewolf in London? No. Is that a horror? Yeah. It's got some comedy, but it's a horror. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one that is of a similar name? American it's Werewolf in Paris. Do not watch yeah. that one. It is awful. Is, is that one not a horror? No, they're both horror and they're okay. kind of sequel. It's kind of a sequel to London, but it's, it's bad. Why did I think that one of those is not a horror? I don't know. I don't it doesn't know matter. Either. Not important. Yeah, it's a horror. Um, yeah. I think yeah, that's... 
I think American Werewolf in London's a better movie, but I think The Howling's a better werewolf. Huh. Like special effects style? Like yeah, I think The Howling was the first movie that used like makeup stop motion. So you watch like you watch the snout grow and the like the shirt rip and all that stuff. I thought they also did that with American Werewolf. But I think American Werewolf was more like it just becomes a big ass wolf. This I think the howling was like that hybrid thing, was it? No, the uh, American Werewolf won massive special effects makeup awards oh, for the transformation because the skin ripped off, the face elongated like you're talking about. I might be confusing it with the howling transformation. You might be. Yeah, okay. The howling seemed to focus more on the sexual nature and uh, like sex crossing over with lycanthropy. Okay. Kind of like Ginger Snaps. Uh, that's kind such of. a good movie too. Yeah. Don't watch the rest of the Howling movies. No, except they're not I, good. Although, except I think the Australian one, Super Campion Grapes, like Howling Five, like the. Yeah. What was it? The. I was uh, going to say. It, are you talking the, about Howling Five? The marsupials. <laughs> it's like, or it's a. It's weird. Yep. It's like a, it's like the bunyip, and it's it's very weird. Uh, what else? Ooh, now I'm the just one, doing work. The the one that sounds like it's a werewolf movie and is not a werewolf movie is Wolfen. Correct. Oh no, nothing about that either. Oh, uh, for the record, Norm did clarify week two horror originals and or remakes, by which he means uh, the classic Universal horror mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers is worth it. And see here, that's one I was remembering is supposed to be bad. Dog soldiers? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I might be just confusing it with some other dumb shit. No, dog soldiers is pretty good. Yep. Yeah, dog soldiers is, so- is solid. For a werewolf movie, it is a good werewolf movie. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. There's a lot more werewolf movies in the world than I realize. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're the... Trying to think. From like the ones that I mean it wasn't a classic I mean it was still a legend to begin with, but do you figure as they keep redoing basically the classic universal universal monsters, you could argue Well what? Werewolf is probably the most expensive ones to make. Dracula you just need somebody in a cape. The mummy you'd really just need someone who's just could be old. Mm-hmm. Um, the creature. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Especially if you want to incorporate that transformation stuff, mm-hmm. I can see where it becomes the most expensive. Not right. to say that I haven't seen movies where you know, like people have a visual, you know, and like like really cool or maybe real visceral transformation effects from going from like, oh, I just I'm a regular person. No, I'm a horrible vampire, and like the more like Nosferatu style sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Uh, well, now I don't feel like we need to like go into things that like get us in the mood and whatnot. I think this was it. Yeah, I think we just talk about horror a lot in general, and that's yeah. this is true. Uh, who uh, brought up sack? How dare you bring up underworld? <laughs> 
I never got the appeal to those movies. Really? No. I enjoyed the first one. Um, Maybe I'll rewatch it, but yeah, I don't remember liking it. The second one is not good. Um, but I looked weird. Like shiny and hairless. I remember there being some like weird sort of like atypical design features. Mm-hmm. I think I only I've also... only seen it like the once. Yeah, I think part of it was the limit of the effects at the time. Yep. You know, so that's that's a big part of it. I mean, I like the concept of the and the first movie had a lot of neat concepts yeah. embedded into it. Like it really was the matrix of vampire and werewolf movies. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I I think the, the second one was just shot strangely. Like it has the the only other awkward sex scene I have ever seen in a movie on the big screen in modern times has been Watchmen. Oh. And then Underworld 2 comes a strong second. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's like that's you your bodies are not it, it's the your bodies are not lined up right to be <laughs> having the sex that you're having. You they're just not. Oh, so for you, it's not a matter of like the the uh, the interesting music choice and like the length of the scene in Watchmen. It's it's just the, the it's mechanics. All of the, it's all of those things. <laughs> okay, especially okay. That, especially as the camera pulls out, his craft shoots fire out of its nose mm-hmm. in a ever so subtle suggestion. I don't think it was meant to be subtle. We went from Hitchcock pulling back and having a train go into a tunnel to shooting fire. <laughs> oh, there's an idea. I haven't really watched that many Hitchcock things in my life, but I I've enjoyed what I have seen. So, mm. have you ever seen Psycho? No. Oh, it's still good. Oh, like to be honest, like fully, like for 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 sure, I know I watched it and remember watching it. Would be The Birds. Right, The Birds is hard to watch, knowing what they put that poor woman through. I was really young at the time, oh, so I had yeah. no idea. Right. Psycho still really works, and but I would love to like imagine what it was like the first time because like when there was trailers for it. I mean, a trailers were so different back then, but it like it wasn't it wasn't pitched as like a horror movie. It was just you know Hitchcock doing a crime thriller, and you know the the lead actress in it. She was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh my god! Why am I fucking going blank? Vivian Lee. Vivian Lee. Thank you, mm-hmm. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Sorry, Janet Lee. Where did I get like Vivian she was. From? I don't know. Uh, she was a massive star. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like what it would be like. What would she she would be like now? Um, yeah, because uh, what's her name uh, is her daughter. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Curtis, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What would it be the equivalent of like now? It would be like I don't know. Wait, the equivalent know. of what? She's she was a massive actress then, and like oh. they they literally like kill her off a third of the way in, and all of a sudden you're like, what happened to the lead? 
and it, it's that moment when you realize that you're watching a film made by someone by a, by an untrustworthy director like you're you have an untrusty you know yeah you have a narrator you cannot trust anymore because he just broke every rule you were ever taught about cinema mm. he killed the lead right off the bat and now it's a whole different movie trying to think of who's the equivalent of Janet Lee now yeah it's a tougher thing to to determine at this point because the industry is so much bigger than it was back then sure yeah 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 um yeah anyway a big deal yep um and then she had that she had that great little cameo in Halloween H2O. Mm-hmm. Huh. And she plays the secretary and she's literally getting into the car that she drove in Psycho and tells Jamie Lee Curtis's character, like, be safe out there. There's a lot of crazies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So can I tell you uh, a funny story relating to the first time I ever saw Psycho? Yes. Please do. So I was in middle school and I was over at a friend's house and I had been watching maybe a month or two before some special on horror movies. And I'd never seen Psycho when I was watching the special, um, but I was watching it with my family. And uh, the bit about the this, the reveal of Psycho, which they mm-hmm. felt, oh, it was fine to tell you because, you know, Psycho's been around forever. So no one's, you know, everyone's seen it, right? Except, you know, kids. <laughs> right. Um, so I knew what the reveal to Psycho was and was over at a friend's house and they're like, oh, I want to, it's like, we're going to watch this old movie called Psycho. It's like, my, my dad really likes it. He says it's really great. I'm like, cool. Um, so I'm able to sit there and watch this movie knowing where this is going to end and where the, where the reveal is, Mm -hmm. um, about, um, specifically about Norman's mother. And my friend was super into the movie and like Hitchcock years later is still like, he is worked up. His brother is watching with us. He's worked up. His dad's just sitting there going, yeah, this is awesome. Um, so at the, the moment that they spin the chair around and you're met with <laughs> the skeletal remains of Norman's mother, I, I just, I'm sitting next to my friend and I just pulled up, boo. <laughs> Jumped oh right out, and he <laughs> leapt straight up, landed on the floor, and then the neck. I like I was laughing so hard that like, which was fine because I just pretty much laughed while he just sat on me, just punching the shit out of me. He was so <laughs> angry. <laughs> it's pretty good. That was probably the moment that I figured out that I really like to scare people for fun. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> There's a little Manuel story. laugh there. <laughs> uh, I take it back, by the way. I'm 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 sh- pretty sure I've seen remakes of Psycho, but I've never seen the original. Oh, that remake is weird. Literally shot for shot. That's the one with um, Anne Heche. Yeah, and Gus Van Sant directed it. Literally, it is shot for shot. And isn't. Isn't it Vince Vaughn as Norman? I... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I saw Psycho 2 before I saw the original Psycho. Weirdly. Mm. But I also saw um, The Road Warrior before I saw Mad Max. Me too. Thanks, Showtime. I also saw the entire Evil Dead trilogy in reverse. The last one I saw was Evil Dead. It was Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, and then Evil Dead. And I was so confused at first. I might have done the same thing. Yeah. How are how are any of these movies connected? I don't understand. Well, Army of Darkness <laughs> didn't even they just made it they you know, the studio tried to push it as a separate movie, which always confused Raimi. He was like, Why? He was gonna call Evil Dead Three the medieval dead, and they're like, No. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. It's a separate movie. <laughs> That's right. With the same characters, yes. The same everything. Yeah. And same all the car. same stuff happens. I mean, Evil Dead 2 is also the same movie as Evil Dead. Yes, it was. With, with um, a different ending. Well, that's because, like Raimi has said, that they are two different movies. And they're like, well, who would be dumb enough to do that again? He's like, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> and then to prove that that is correct and true, they made a show. Ah, oh, the show is so good. Those are really I good need- I think I've still only seen the first season of that. I need to finish that off. Season two is intense. Wow, now that I think about it, I'm not sure. Did I see season two and not see season three? There's only three seasons, right? Yeah. Season two has the fall, has Lee Majors as Ash's dad. I did see season two. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right, we should wrap up the show. Otherwise, we're just going to do this over and over and over again. Like, I remember that. That was awesome. I mean, we that's basically what we've done for the last 90 minutes as it is. So You know, it's been kind of nice. Shit's been super serious for a long time. So it was kind of nice to just nerd out for a little while. Yes. Yes. It, Very nice. It, yeah. Yes. Uh, next week, also have no idea what we're doing. Uh, I'm still trying to nail down a date with uh, those other people. Do we want to cool. tease that? Uh, you can put it in the chat. I don't remember. <laughs> and that will kind of decide if we should tease it or not. Yes. Oh, oh is that next week? Potentially? Uh, I don't know. It's it's based around their particular product launch, which we shouldn't say what it is. Right. Let's not tease it yet. Okay. But they yeah. they are doing other cool things that we've talked about now. Oh, that's yes. true. Sons of bitches, the Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> oh, now it's out. So we they sent an email. It's it's yeah. it's public. Like they've they've yeah. sent out emails. No, I meant like who we were talking about. Yeah, so we're oh, talking well, about. Uh, <laughs> eh, that's fine. Uh, we've been trying to uh, arrange um, an interview with the folks at Volante. Volante Designs. Right. Right. Which uh, have made the fine jackets that uh, both Aaron and I have worn. His is Discovery, mine's TNG. Bean, do you have a jacket from them yet? I do not. So soon? Probably. You yep. should. I've got Discovery and the the Pike TOS jacket now. Yep. There is one left. Yeah. Oh, what size? I didn't look. It's like nope. I I can't buy it. So I'm not. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I care a little. Um, but yeah, they, they had reached out cause they were 
they've got a couple different product launches going on. Uh, the first of which they revealed back in September, which was their Voyager jacket, which is also gorgeous. They are gorgeous. Yeah, they um, are really nice looking. There are some nods to uh, the uniforms pr- from Picard that I noticed in the design. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's pretty nice. And then today they just uh, sent an email newsletter out for their Lord of the Rings line. I mean, they're both good, but that ring wraith jacket is so sexy. Oh, yeah. It's the hood. It's the hood that really sells it. So. Yeah. But the other one has got that great kind of medieval tunic look going on. But mm-hmm. <sighs> Yep. I do like the, the Boromir out of the three of those. Mm-hmm. I have to admit. Um, but anyway, we'll, uh, I'll keep everybody posted and, uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to the folks at Volante about the next thing they've got coming down the pike later yes. in October. We know, we just can't say anything yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, shoot with that, I think we should wrap it up. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm Aaron Duran of the many haunted mansion hats. Uh, I'm being Rita of just my head. And I am Cable Hashtani of Lego Town. Yay! Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to everyone next week. Don't forget to donate to the Black Resilience Fund or your favorite charity. Suck, you resign.